Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grade Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This is, of course, our weekly waiver wire show where we break down all of the top waiver wire options we go through in a tiered system looking at the top ads you know the potential difference makers then some borderline starters then deep league ads and then also because uh you know this show is of course just going to be a reflection of myself i'm also going to be discussing quarterback options a little bit more in depth towards the end of the show because uh we're heading into the bye weeks right so so in general, through the first five, six weeks of the season, you shouldn't be having to grind the quarterback waiver wire that hard. You should have drafted someone that you liked, probably, although you know not in 100% of cases, but with Dak Prescott injured, and now we are heading into the buys. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on buy this week, which uh, never thought I'd be saying that sentence, but definitely Ryan Fitzpatrick on buy is going to impact fantasy leagues this year. I do think that we need to talk a little bit about quarterbacks. So let's get into the waiver wire for week seven. The top out of the week, it's got to be Boston Scott. And I know that many of you listening, you know, if you're in the Scott Fishbowl, if you're in the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, even, even really, I would guess that most really competitive home leagues, Boston Scott hasn't been dropped. But he's 13% owned in Yahoo Fantasy Football Leagues, right? So that seems to me that he would be out there in a lot of leagues. And he's clearly, I think, the top ad this week. It's Miles Sanders is not going to play this upcoming Thursday. I would also wager that he probably doesn't play in week eight. So I think you're probably going to get two weeks of Boston Scott here. And also, I'll just go ahead and add that you can put in you know, $1 Corey Clement bids if you have space on the bench because if something happens to Boston Scott, Obviously, Clement would be the only guy left. And then also, uh, you know, I mean, I play in some 16-team leagues, some 14-team leagues. Corey Clement might be out there. And, you know, even the proposition of getting eight rushing attempts and two targets at running back in this Thursday night football game against the Giants might be a big deal. So for Scott, uh, Miles Sanders injured his knee on Sunday. He's had the MRI. Uh, actually Scott led the Eagles backfield in snaps against the Steelers on Sunday and the Eagles get the Giants, the Cowboys, and then the Giants again over their next three games. Uh, I, I basically have no concerns on, uh, Scott's role. I think he got unlucky in that first game against the Washington football team. He played, uh, I believe 56% of the team snaps. He was targeted a couple times. I, I think mostly he just got unlucky in terms of targets per route run. Yeah. Nine rushing attempts, two targets in that game. But for example, 
in the week two game against the Rams. He played only 18% of the snaps, but was targeted three times. So uh, yeah, I mean, to me, just really no concerns about Scott's role. I would basically expect him to pretty much, uh, pretty much replace um, Miles Sanders. So after Boston Scott, I think we do have two more clear top options this week. Um, one of them is Gus Edwards. And I, so this is kind of where I'm at with Gus Edwards. I think he should be owned in every league, but I don't know if this Mark Ingram ankle injury makes it so that you need to kind of, you know, break the bank on him because the Ravens are heading into a bye week. Obviously, uh, you know, Ingram is going to have a chance to get healthy. I think there is a chance that something, like what we just saw with DeAndre Swift happens with J.K. Dobbins, where the coaches go into the bye week, they watch the film, and they're like, wow, J.K. Dobbins is you know just jumping off the screen. Ingram looks terrible. Edwards doesn't really run routes. Um, in his career, he has nine total receptions. I'm pretty sure that J.K. Dobbins already has more than that. I, I'm going to go ahead and look right now. So I'm, Yeah, he already has 14 targets and 11 receptions uh, in six games in his career. So... Edwards is clearly the grinding back. You know, he he would be the replacement for uh, he would be the replacement, the one for one for Mark Ingram, more Ingram not to play. And maybe even they would work in Justice Hill a little bit, though Justice Hill was active in this game on Sunday against the Eagles and did not record an offensive touch. I think that probably I would spend I don't know, 15-ish percent on Gus Edwards on the waiver wire, not waiver wire right now. But the reason I would do it is that I think he has kind of ascended into that elite handcuff territory where if Dobbins were to get banged up or if Ingram is banged up when the Ravens come back from their bye, I think he's locked into something like 50% of the team's rushing attempts. Maybe he would get a few carries, but I think he would also probably get the goal line work. And this is, this is obviously under the assumption that J.K. Dobbins does not see more of the early down work when the team returns from the bye. I'm hoping he will, but I do think that Edwards is a pretty solid ad. You know, 15 to 20% of your fab seems about right. But but I think, I guess, the issue with starting him is he's really going to be touchdown or bust. Like, I think that if he is not scoring touchdowns, he's going to be like 8 to 12 PPR points max. Like, it's just very hard for me to see him uh, doing better than that. Finally, our last top-tier guy, it's going to be Travis Fulgham. And I know that he's probably owned in your league, but, you know, actually, guys slip through the cracks all the time. In my Scott Fishbowl division, I was able to not even, not only not bid on Travis Fulgham, but I was able to get him on first-come, first-serve waivers. So not even a $0 bid, first-come, first-serve waivers last week coming off of the 13-target, 150-yard, and a touchdown game. Fulgham scores again in this game. I think that with the Thursday start time and Zach Ertz being out, I basically would expect that Fulgham is just going to be a starting wide receiver. I, you know, I don't think Alshon will be back. I would be surprised to see Deshaun Jackson come back and play a full complement of snaps. And then if, if Deshaun Jackson does come back, I think that we are going to see J.J. Arcega-Whiteside snaps go to zero. I think that Fulgham has just straight up, of course, you know, beat out J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who is, you know, barely an NFL player at this point. If Fulgham was out there, if I would start him this week, you know, if he basically would be a starter for me throughout the bye weeks over the course of, you know, the rest of the season, I think that I would go 
30 to 40 percent on Fulgham. And then, you know, the other guy, obviously, to mention is going to be Chase Claypool. I don't think that Claypool would be out there in anyone's league who's listening to this. But obviously, if he is, you know, do whatever you need to do to get him onto your team. Moving on now to some of the borderline starters. Uh, I just I very quickly wanted to mention Dallas Goddard and Sterling Shepard. Goddard is listed on Yahoo as being rostered in 41% of leagues. Shepard being rostered in 29% of leagues. Goddard, I think, is eligible to be back this week. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back this week. I think he will probably come back in week eight as opposed to week seven. But with Zach Ertz on the injured reserve for three to four weeks, I, I, I think that there is certainly a chance that over that time frame, Dallas Goddard could lead all tight ends in the NFL in targets, even more than Kelsey and Kittle. Sterling Shepard, I am not as optimistic about the Giants offense as I was to start the year, but the Giants now are getting to the nice part of their schedule. This was a, a very common trope in the preseason. My boy Rich Rebar, who comes on this show on Fridays, you know, really hammered this point that the schedule to start the season for the Giants was brutal. Steelers, Bears, 49ers, Rams, Cowboys, Washington football team, obviously the Cowboys defense is terrible. So the Giants were able to score 34 points. But uh, outside of that Cowboys game, the Giants have not scored more than 20 points. But now they are going to get games against the Eagles. The Buccaneers should be tough. They play the Washington football team again. They play the Eagles again. But so if you get Sterling Shepard, this is a very nice run from weeks 12 to 16 uh, gets the Bengals, gets the Seahawks, gets the, the Cardinals. And then, uh, then he has tougher matchups against the Browns and the Ravens. So maybe, maybe actually after looking at the schedule, I would not be as interested in spending on Sterling Shepard, you know, maybe like 5% or something if he's out there, but Goddard is definitely a guy that I want to be adding. The next guy that we have up here is going to be Tim Patrick. I've actually talked about him a bunch on this show, but Tim Patrick has two straight 100-yard games. The Denver Broncos defense is not as good as they thought that it was going to be, so I think that has gotten them into some more uh, pass-heavy game scripts than they had expected. Drew Locke, you know, I got to be honest, Drew Locke seems kind of decent to me, like better than I thought that he was going to be coming out of college. And, uh, you know, through this time frame so far, Tim Patrick is way outproducing Jerry Judy, 310 yards to 266, two touchdowns, you know, really without the one busted coverage, uh, 50 yard touchdown for Jerry Judy, he would be kind of having a brutal rookie year. Do you want to start Tim Patrick every week? Are you slam dunking getting him in your lineup? I don't think so. I think that actually probably the emergence of Albert Albert O. I'm going to go with Albert O for now, uh, the, the rookie tight end from Missouri who is on the roster. I think that the red zone role that would normally be a guy like Tim Patrick's, he is uh, 6'4", 215 pounds. I actually think that moving forward, Albert O is probably going to have that role. And I think that Noah Fant will lead this team in targets. So sh- Tim Patrick, sure, he's like a 5% bid or whatever. I, I feel compelled to write him up because he's coming up with two straight 100-yard games. I kind of like the Broncos' offense holistically in terms of, like, I like so many other players. I like Hamler. I like Judy. I like Fan. I like Albert O. I kind of like Drew Locke more than the market. I like Philip Lindsay more than the market. But I, I just don't know, um, you know, how consistent the production will be for Patrick, especially, you know, when Noah Fan gets back, if Albert O really dominates those red zone snaps and everything like that. LaMichael Pirine, though, very, very interesting bid because he just led the New York Jets in snaps in the backfield. 
he played pretty much all of the third downs while Frank Gore got all the early down work, 11 carries to six for Pirine. But the reason why you want Pirine on your team, it's not really for immediate production right now, but it would be one, Sam Darnold returning and making the offense a little bit more functional. Two, Adam Gase being fired, which I think would be absolutely massive for his value and for his production. And, you know, that is kind of the guy that gets ignored in these early waiver runs because the production's not great. Frank Gore is there. Ty Johnson actually had the longest run of any of the running backs in the Jets' backfield on Sunday. But Pirine is the guy who could carve out 70% of the snaps, you know, 65% of the backfield touches, gets some of that, you know, that good third down work, gets the goal line work. Like, I, I think that you want LaMichael Pirine on your fantasy team. So he is kind of one of these high-priority, mid-tier guys like I will be putting in a lot of claims on LaMichael Pirine this week in my various leagues next Anthony Ferkser we have Johnu Smith who left Sunday's game with an injury and it allowed Ferkser to have you know just basically the the wildest game of his career nine targets 113 yards and a touchdown Johnu Smith has a mild ankle sprain um you know we never know how long that these things can last I'm not cr- I'm not going crazy on Ferkser I, instead of spending 10% on Ferkser, I'd probably rather spend $1 on Albert O, you know, a couple bucks on Irv Smith Jr., something like that. Maybe even $1 on Richard Rodgers, $5 on Trey Burton, or, or something like that. Our next guy, J.D. McKissick. Antonio Gibson basically played 37% of the team snaps on Sunday, received only 14 total interactions, while McKissick matched his season high with 39 snaps rushed a season high eight times, and was targeted six times for 43 yards. I think that McKissick has no ceiling, so I'd rather you know add Pirine for ceiling, but McKissick should be owned in all 12-team PPR leagues. That's pretty much where we are at. Brashad Perryman, uh, you know, he has played a lot of snaps since returning from the short-term IR. He had only three catches for 17 yards on Sunday, but again, I do think that Darnold's going to come back. I do think that Adam Gase will get fired, and I think that the Jets, like, it's just very hard for teams to be this bad in the NFL is sort of is sort of the thesis behind the play. And we've seen Jamison Crowder have fantasy value. We've seen Jeff Smith have these crazy target games. And Perryman, unlike Jeff Smith, actually is good. Like I, I actually do believe that Perryman has, you know, some level of skill. He was a first round draft pick. He does have crazy long speed. Maybe he's kind of like a souped up version of Jeff Smith. So Perryman is a good guy to add in your deeper teams. Trey Burton. Uh, he had six targets this last week, you know, had the Wildcat touchdown. He is a clear defined receiving role. It's really something that only like 15 other tight ends in fantasy football can say. Uh, you know, do you want to start Trey Burton every week? I'm not sure, but he basically has completely sent Jack Doyle, you know, to the to the the bench. Like Jack Doyle is is just a blocker now. I know that he scored a touchdown, but he had only three targets in this last game. I think that basically the biggest thing for Burton is that Rivers has just historically loved to target tight ends. So I definitely think that you want Burton. Uh, and then I, I actually would consider Irv Smith Jr. kind of in this same range. He again was targeted five times. He again caught four passes. Uh, he played 44 snaps this last week, more than Kyle Rudolph, only six less than Justin Jefferson, eight less than Adam Thielen. So kind of he is now the third wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, actually even caught a two-point conversion after an Adam Thielen touchdown. I, I actually am wanting to add Irv Smith Jr. in you know a fair amount of spots. Some of the other deep tight ends, you know, one buck on Tyler Croft, I think is reasonable. Bet you guys never thought you would hear anyone say that name. 
but he has played a lot. He played 57% of the snaps, had two targets last night um, against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, again, it's not great. It's like, you know, whatever, right? It's, it's Tyler Croft, but he is, a, he is a guy with a pulse who is out there. If Logan Thomas is out there, I'm seeing that he's 15% owned on Yahoo. I mean, I would, I would rather have Logan Thomas than any of these guys. He plays, you know, every single down. But again, you know, my brain is kind of warped by these FFPC leagues that I play in where, where everyone goes crazy for tight ends. The, the guy I really wanted to highlight as our, our deep guy, or well, two guys I wanted to highlight as our deep targets and our bench stashes, it is Jeremy McNichols, who's played exactly 39% of the Tennessee Titans snaps in both of the last two contests. Darrington Evans is on the short-term IR. Uh, he has 14 carries and four targets over that time span. You know, Derrick Henry's been great. I think the fact that McNichols is out there that often and running that many routes, I mean, I, I think that he needs to be owned in every league because he is now this really, really high upside handcuff. So I definitely, I definitely think that you want to be in on McNichols. And then the aforementioned Albert Okawugbanunum. It's so I, I I need to look up a pronunciation of how to say this guy's name because I'm actually a big fan of his. I think he is fantastic. He is a 99th percentile athlete at tight end. He ran 24 routes on Sunday, but was targeted four times. He went to college with Drew Locke. They were like best buds in college. Seriously, like this is true. 22 years old, 6'6", 258, 4.4940. That's 130 burst score. He had 11 receiving touchdowns as a true freshman at Missouri. I mean, uh, like just uh, absurd stuff. And I think that that is kind of the role that he can fill in in the NFL, especially with this Denver Broncos team. So Albert O is a dude that I'm making lots of claims on this week. I think that he has the ability to fill in this really unique and awesome role. Uh, you, you know, guys, you guys know Ben Gretsch's high value touch stuff. I think that every target Albert O gets is going to be like a, a high value target. So did want to talk about quarterbacks just here real quick before we end the show. The first thing I want to say is Andy Dalton was really bad. On Monday night, I think that he is probably going to get dropped in a fair amount of leagues. He plays the Washington football this upcoming week. I'm going to be trying to pick him up if people drop him because, again, I still think that the Cal, like he was pretty close to a decent fantasy game. Michael Gallup dropped a touchdown. Obviously, they're going to have good game scripts. I, I would assume they will have good game scripts in general just because this defense is so terrible. So I'm, I'm trying to scoop up. Andy Dalton, and also on the other side of that game, if you're legit, truly, truly desperate, I would also go in and try and grab Kyle Allen, uh, maybe even grab him for a buck because I think this Dallas defense is just going to this Dallas defense is just going to give it up to everybody. And and it, and you know, I expect that Justin Herbert, Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, I think that all of those guys are probably going to be owned in a good chunk of the leagues that you guys are playing in. But so. Dalton is the priority quarterback ad this week if he gets dropped in your league. The streamers, I would go like the super, super bottom of the barrel. I think that both Kyle Allen and Drew Locke should have good game scripts against, you know, middling to okay defenses. They should be able to churn out, you know, 15 to 20 fantasy points in most formats, and I would definitely be going after them. So that is going to do it for us here on the week seven uh, waiver wire show. And, uh, you know, everyone, thank you very much for listening. If you guys have anything that you would like included in the show that isn't there, you know, I, I obviously would encourage you to contact me. And then if you guys like the show and you want to see like specific bid amounts and everything, I have all of that in the waiver wire article up on sportsgrid.com, which you guys can go find. So uh, good luck this week, everybody. 
Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.